Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's at the four. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923. And enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Good Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to Sports Lounge Live number 235 for February 28th. And... A lot going on in the world of sports. So, Chris, our agenda is? Okay. There always is a lot going on. So first we're going to start out with uh, some results. We're going to have the NASCAR results and uh, golf results from the Honda Classic. And then um, uh, Sean is going to give us a little uh, note on ratings because we had our first uh, Live Golf on, on US TV this year. And it didn't do well. So he's going to talk about that. We're then going to do baseball and had a, a little uh, get 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 into the new rules and how it, how they're doing and uh, what happened. A little bit of a controversy on the Red Sox-Braves game there. But uh, I, I think it's going to be okay. I think people are going to learn. Then we're going to go to college sports. And we're going to go to the NFL. going to go to the NBA and the NHL. So first of all, Kyle Busch won at uh, the Auto Club uh, uh, Speedway in Fontana, California. And Bush has now won in 19 consecutive calendar years, breaking the record of Richard Petty. So that's a pretty amazing uh, uh, accomplishment. And Bush's fifth win at uh, the Auto Club uh, Speedway. And uh, Chris Kirk won the Honda Classic uh, in a sudden death uh, playoff over Eric Cole. So that was good. And uh, actually, people Not watched too many that. Big names. No, yeah. no, because they're all waiting for this next uh, tournament. I forget what, what it is, yeah. but it's coming up, and a lot more big names are playing. But, Sean, you yeah. uh, watched a, a, an hour of Live Golf, and you were one of the few people uh, to do that. But uh, tell people uh, how it was, how you uh, experienced it, and, uh, and the, the uh, upshot of the ratings. Well, all right. I'll get to the ratings in a minute. Let's, I'll get the ratings... Well, I'll do that in a minute. I'll, let me t- All right, I, I turned it on Saturday afternoon. It came on 1 p.m. Eastern on the CW. Now, some CW affiliates did not run it. All of your next star owned and operated CW affiliate, they did run live, They did run it, but some others ran it on Saturday and chose not to run it on Sunday, the ones that are not owned by next star. But what they did, they had their broadcasters. They welcomed the American audience on CW. I, I don't know if they're on any other networks across the country, across the world, but they're on YouTube. But they said, hey, well, we got a good, and they were explaining about Live Golf, and they did the whole deal. And what they do, they do a shotgun start. So different, and it's teams. You're in teams of four, and you stay with that team throughout this season, I think. So and the high-scoring team wins, and then the high-scoring individual wins. And they start at 12 different holes. And so you have the shotgun start, and so they're all starting right at the same time. You don't have everybody teeing off at hole number one, this person. 
8 a.m., this person at 9. So it all goes around. And they had it. What it basically was, it's almost like golf meets the WWE. <laughs> That's the best way to explain it. Golf meets the WWE because they had a lot of the bells and whistles, and then you throw in some American Idol in there. You got it all. They had the little sideline reporter girl, and then they had David Faraday, probably the biggest name that you'd know on the broadcast, and they had a couple others. And they, I mean, and the golf was not great. It was they were just they know they know it's a show, but getting into the ratings. I was one of the few people that watched it. 286,000 people watched it on Saturday. 291,000 watched it on Sunday. That's basically a point zero two rating. Now, World's Funniest Animals, which I found out is, I got to correct, it is a CW, it is a CW show, but some Nexstar affiliate, some, you know, Nexstar chooses to run it on some of their other affiliates, like here in Austin, they ran it on an NBC, but it is, I found out it is officially a CW show, but they just ran it in the morning on their NBC affiliate and later on the CW, but it got higher ratings. Uh, conversely, the Honda Classic, as Chris said, not a major, not a, not a big tournament that a lot, I mean, not a lot of big names played in it, did 2 million on Saturday for round three, 2.5 million on Sunday for round four. And ironically, it, the Sunday round was the third highest rated sporting event of the weekend. Uh, the NASCAR Paula 400 from Fontana was the highest at about four and a half million. And then Dallas and Lakers were number two. So all three of these were going on at the same time, the three highest rated and live golf. Couldn't even beat, uh, couldn't even beat a leave it to be marathon on me TV or barely did. But yeah, that's basically it. And by the way, before we go on to baseball, those of you, uh, we've muted you all. Uh, if you want raise your hand while you're in here in the zoom room, uh, just raise your hand, come on in, and, and when you do, we'll call on you, and then please unmute and download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923 uh, and then do 287-723-4600. Hit pound key twice if you're on the phone. Uh, star 9, raise your hand on the phone. Alt-Y on the computer, the more key on your uh, on your uh, app, and then the left side of the more key on your app, unmute you, Alt-A, unmute you on the computer, and star 6 on your phone, and, of course, that's where you can, or contact us, sportsnobs at allthingsradio.net, or 800-693-0595, option number two, if you're listening to the podcast, which we are here live every Tuesday at 4 p.m., for those of you that listen to the podcast and ever want to listen live, but, all right, there, I got that out of the way, now on to baseball. All right. Well, uh, we had, and of course, we'll talk about the big controversy as we go along here. But first of all, we found out, and this may have been released earlier, but we, we missed it. We didn't know about it. Kyle Seeloff is the new voice of the Miami Marlins on the radio, replacing Glenn Geffner. He'll call all 162 games. He was the studio host, and Glenn had gone, uh, you know, was with the Red Sox in 07, and then the Marlins from 88 through 2022. So he was there quite a long time. And my thought was, gee, and again, we don't know if it's that way or not. Was he let go at the end and didn't have a chance to hook on with anybody else or what? We haven't heard him uh, that he's going anywhere. Yes, it's, so, it, said he, it said at the end of the season it happened. Okay, so uh, but nobody picked him up, and uh, uh, you know, he, or he didn't put his name out for anything or whatever. I don't know. I'm guessing so, with the Marlins that this is, in all honesty, it's probably cost-cutting. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. But I was just, I guess, because we weren't down there and nobody's a big Marlin fan, we didn't uh, know that this had happened. Because uh, remember, they did this with Dave Van Horn at the end of last yeah, season. So they did. They, they did they this did. two years so, in a row. Yeah. So 
The first game of spring training for the Red Sox and Braves ended in a violation. And so what happened was, all right, so let's go over some of these rules that we have. Because uh, this has been a big, this is the first time I can remember in spring training having a whole lot by everybody all over the all over the place, all, all over national media and local media talking about a, the end of a spring training game. Uh, you know, it was a 6-6 tie between the Braves and Red Sox. So what happened was, it was the bottom of the ninth. The Braves were the home team. They came, they were a behind six to three they came back and tied the game they had the bases loaded with two outs it was a three and two count and the batter who was uh cal conley was his name he uh he was not ready for the pitch now what's supposed to happen is the batter is supposed to be ready and make eye contact with the pitcher eight seconds before the pitch clock runs out the pitch clock for those who have uh, not kept track of it is 20 seconds when there's base runners on and it's 15 seconds when there aren't. And of course this was a 20 second pitch clock because the bases were loaded. So he did and not you can, make and eye remember, contact. You can now, you remember Chris too. Now you cannot, you can only throw over a first base two times. If you throw over a third time and don't get them, it's a balk. That's right. And the third new rule is that you need to be uh, two players on uh, in the infield on the one side, on the right side of uh, second base and two players on the left side of second base and nobody can stand uh, no infielders can be on the outfield grass. And there can be a ball called if they well they if somebody's if there's a fielding violation, they let the pitch go, and there was a mistake made in the game, the umpire forgot, because what's supposed to happen is the team who uh, could benefit from the fielding violation may accept the play. Let's say there was a base hit. So the umpire called time and called the fielding violation. They're not supposed to do that. They have to wait to see what happens, and then you can take the play, like in a penalty in football. So this yeah. was what happened. So Conley was called out on, on uh, you know, called out on strike. And there was all this wailing, and that was the end of the game, and they, they played a 6-6 tie, which often happens in spring training. It's often decided ahead of time that they'll only play nine innings, and that's how many pitchers they brought and so forth. So 6-6 tie, which is fine, spring training, nobody cares. But people were wailing and gnashing their teeth. What would happen if this happened in a postseason game and whatever? First of all, the players are going to learn about it. The umpire is going to learn about it. Everybody's going to – I think that, first of all, another thing that's happening is the clocks are all over the place in spring training. They're not uh, easily visible to the, the people on TV. They're not uh, necessarily in the same places in all the ballparks. So there's a lot of a learning curve, in, especially in spring training, to get used to it. There's also the learning of the new rhythm. But to, to say it's the new rhythm is something I, I just want to tell you. It gives you some statistics that I got. The average game in 1970 was two hours and 30 minutes. You know, and the average game last year was over three hours, 305, 310, something like that. In 1960, on October 13th, the seventh famous seventh game of the World Series between the Yankees and the Pirates. Pirates beat the Yankees 10 to 9, uh, and it was won by Bill Mazeroski's home run. That game was two hours and 37 minutes with all those pitching changes, all those you know, whatever you want to say happened. I mean, it was two hours and 37, and no strikeouts, by the way. Now, this, actually, the shift may help with the strikeouts, too, because you may see not as many long counts because people want to hit the ball. It's more advantageous to the, the hitters to hit the ball now. Also, it may change the dynamic, the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, 
barometer by which they measure all this stuff. I can't think of the, the name of the, what they call it all the time. In other words, they may start to train people to hit swing level again or hit down on the ball because you get more base hits that way. So everybody may not be going for home runs. But every talk show host that I've heard talk about it, other than the complaining about would it happen in, in spring training, uh, if it happens in spring training, could it happen in, in the regular season? And, yes, it could. But my argument to that is it's a clock. So if the clock runs out and you're not where you're supposed to be or doing what you're supposed to do, it's just the same as we had in the Celtics game on Saturday night when Embiid threw in a 72-footer to tie the game, uh, and it could have been overtime after Tatum hit a three-pointer, and he was uh, half a second late letting the ball go, and they determined that with the replay, and that was the end of it. So it's not like a judgment call with holding or anything like that. So I think everything's going to be okay. But everybody is so happy that now the games are usually about two and a half hours as opposed to over three hours. And that's the same length as hockey and basketball, basically. So people are, are kind of, it fits into the programming of television a lot better. It's a lot less unpredictable. And we'll see if, it, if they all continue to enforce everything in the regular season. It should be a good thing. So I, anyway. I thought I'm more excited about baseball than I've been in for years. <laughs> because of the yeah. new rules? Yes, yeah, absolutely. See, we, now, I was I, thinking about I this, Rick. Those, we used to I have yeah, one, that, just one. I'm sorry, Perry. I just one more thing that Rick will remember. We used to have time. We used to go to Red Sox games, and they would start at seven thirty. Okay, we used to have time to get through the game. Not every time, but many times, we'd get through the game around ten o'clock and go to a local bar on the way home for two hours before we had to hit the subway. Remember, Rick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Perry, when you say uh, is it because of the well, it's mainly because of the pitch clock rule. I'm still not crazy about the the no shift rule. I I'm old fashioned, and I think hitters should be able should learn and be able to hit the ball the other way. But, mm-hmm. but as far as the pitch clock goes, I'm I, that's got me more excited about baseball, like you say, than I've been in years. See, now I thought on Saturday, uh, Corey or uh, Chris uh, Atterbury and Dan Gladden were talking to Jim Cott. I thought the old guys would hate these new rules, but Jim Cott said he thinks, and he said, I've talked to a lot of guys from my era. He said, we love them because he said, it's, it's going to make these guys do what they should be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, yeah. we and love what, them. And those old timers did it that way. <laughs> they did. Right. That's, yeah, what I'm that's, what, yeah. that's what he said. Well, he said, yeah. we did it that way yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah, it, all started with, it all started with Mike Hargrove, the human rain delay. Yes. Yeah. He was the yeah. first one, that you remember, that uh, used to take forever to get in the box and uh, do all his, uh, you know, organizing his gloves and everything. Then you had Alejandro Pena. Remember him, the pitcher? Yeah. Go ahead, Robert. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was listening to John Miller, and you know how he likes to tell stories. Well, he said, because um, he, he got caught. Uh, uh, you know, uh, he was telling a story and, and uh, you know, all these new rules. He said, well, gee, I'm going to have to speed up my stories now. It was kind of funny. Ron Coomer, uh, they had a call. <laughs> I think it was against the hitter on Saturday in the Cubs-Giants game. He said, well, of course, he said, of course, Alex Cohen, who's doing the play-by-play, he knew about it. And he said, I don't know how I didn't know about something. And he said, I looked over at John Miller next door. And he said, John Miller knew it. <laughs> and Keith Moreland, Keith Moreland commented, he was on a couple, one of the shows yesterday, and he said, you know, he kind of confirmed what Jim Cott said and others. He said, you know what, if, if these young players weren't abusing things, 
then we wouldn't need these rules. But these young right. players, little entitled, he called them little entitled young players were abusing rules, and we'd be done in two and a half hours. Like, so the old timers are liking it. It's the guys of the last 20 years that are not liking it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. One of the talk show hosts on, uh, was quoting another talk show host and said that they like this guy Hardy's comment, which is all the right people are complaining. <laughs> In other words, <laughs> if those people don't like it, it's got to be good. I guess, yeah. though, um, Chris, I was listening to uh, Ben Ingram and Joe Simpson the other day uh, for just a few minutes in that Red Sox game the other day with the Braves, mm-hmm. and they were saying that it, from what they were told from the Red Sox uh, broadcasters that Kenley Jansen uh, so far has been throwing a lot faster, so he's adjusted to the to Good. the new rules yeah. from what Good. from what they were told. My my, I think the Vegas line would be that I'd put in a bet that he'd be the one to violate it and lose a lose a game and not be ready. But that's <laughs> you know, my just my uh, thought as a Red Sox fan who kind of expects them to be kind of near last place. But anyway. uh, the, the the first violator of any of the new rules was Manny Machado. Funny you should bring right. him up because we're about to talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. And the first pi- and the first pitching violator, by the way, is a name that you'll all know: a pitcher for the Rangers, the Texas Rangers, whose name is John King. Oh yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we, uh, you know, of course, the real um, uh, trivia thing, like you know, hey, we had DHs in spring training in 1973. The real right. answer to the question is Ron Bloomberg. You know, so we'll right. get our right. real uh, trivia on, on opening day when the real yep, violations kick yes, in. But it, yep. it's going to be fun. And you know, you may see teams move. The, you know, the games now all start at seven o'clock. They might start starting at seven thirty. Because they yeah. might be over by ten thirty or so anyway, and and then the people right. can get home. That's why they about, moved them up. They used about, to all start well, at seven thirty. Well, Chris, I remember even back in the eighties and and such that twinight double headers, which you don't see a lot of anymore, but twinight double headers started at five thirty. Wouldn't that be cool to see yeah, those six, again? We used to have yeah. them at six o'clock. Yeah, you know? wouldn't it be cool to see back. those again? Yeah, it would. So Manny Machado, our first violator, as we said, has uh, signed an eleven-year, three hundred fifty million dollar extension with the Padres and uh, replacing his current contract. I guess they'll finish this year and then tack it on to next year. From next year on, is that how it works? Yeah. Uh, Barry? Uh, no, yeah. no, it, it, no. Oh, is that how it works? Because I, I understood it took effect immediately, Perry. I, I, oh, that it does. You're right, Robert. It does take okay. effect okay. immediately. So okay. that makes him uh, con- committed to the Padres yeah. for 15 years now instead yep. of 10. You know? They're going to have, so, though, when that, when that, Chris, when that comes to be, when we get laid into those contracts, they are oh, yeah. going to have an old left side of the infield. So if they want to win the World <laughs> Series, they better do it early on in those contracts. Yeah, and there's no opt-outs and a full no-trade clause. Yep. So if yep. Xander and uh, Machado get along, they'll get to hang out together for many, many years. That's good. So, uh, and so another thing I wanted to com- comment on about uh, SiriusXM they're, they are not, if you listen to a Sirius XM schedule, they'll mention, and some days are better than others. Today, they seem to have a pretty good schedule there, but yesterday they didn't, and it's the same guy doing it, so I don't know why. But what you need to do is, if you know your team, and we don't have schedules yet, you know, we should get them any time now, but we don't have them yet. If you know your team is playing, just ask for them on Sirius XM, and you might get them. Now, you might get the other broadcast. That all depends on the markets, you know. 
here, for example, every game is on because EIFM does it during the weekends and AM does it during the week. So the Red Sox are broadcasting every game. Other places, New York, they're not because they're only going to be on WFAN and WCBS and they're not going to disrupt their midweek programming to, to do the games. They'll just be on the weekends. But there's plenty of teams on the, the Red Sox every day. The Red Sox, the Twins, Houston, Atlanta, Kansas City, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Oakland, Detroit, the Angels. You know, there's, there's a lot of them are on. So just ask for one of them if you're in the mood for baseball and see what you get. Even and if, if you're not, the and if they're not on the on Sirius XM, you could try if you have tune in live, you could try that. Or if you know their flagship, like in Kansas City, it's 610 Sports. Just say, you know, tell it to play 610 Sports with Odyssey. Right. Usually they're not too... Uh, bad about spring training streaming, so they'll probably be able to you know stream yeah. all through spring training. Yeah, and when we say they're on Sirius XM, we mean that they're on the um, you know, with Miss you know on the internet. So in other yes. words, they're not now, on the baseball channels. If you just have a radio, you won't be able to get them. Now the now the MLB Network Radio uh, they have for the last number of days, and they may continue to do it. They will have a spring training game every day at one Easter. Yeah. Today they okay. had the Tigers. Yesterday they had the Cardinals. So they they probably will have some games. Yeah. So anyway, do we have any more baseball notes? Uh, Perry's baseball college translation. Oh, before yeah. we we'll make sure we don't have any. Is there any other baseball before we get to that one? And then we have Not a caller too. Well, go go ahead. Hold on. Go ahead, Bill. We have a caller, Jerry. Oh. So I we do. Okay, let's get to Jerry, and then then we'll get to my college baseball story. Jerry. Go okay. Ahead. Okay, uh, well, the Pirates won today, 7-4. to four. Now, they were on TV only. They beat the Baltimore Orioles. But we had a little bit of history in the making there. You know, Pirates were the home team. They are playing in Bradenton. And the ninth inning, the top of the ninth got completed. And the umpires walked off, and you would think the game was over. So uh, the players decided to uh, play a bottom of the ninth uh, without umpires. And they got through it, and, uh, you know, they got the three outs, and, uh, you okay. know, they, that, they that probably a- did that, Jerry, I'm guessing, to just to get for the players to get their work in. Yeah. 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 I've, I've get- seen that. I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, Jerry. Thank you. All right. Okay, so uh, what's your college baseball note that brings um, us into college hmm. sports? We don't talk a lot of college baseball, but we will now. Um, we, the other day, Rick Heller, the coach of the University of Iowa baseball team, and I've heard this by a lot of northern coaches, he thinks they should start college baseball, and he knows why they don't do it. They have to finish it by the July 1st, but he thinks they should find a way to start college baseball after the NCAA tournament because he said, number one, the teams in the north have a very severe disadvantage because yep. he said – you. You can't play a lot of days because it might snow or this or that. And he said, even those in the South who, you know, would have the advantage, he said, nobody really cares about college baseball until the NCAA is over anyway. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, and I've he heard that from a lot of people, but he, oh, said, they should, he said they should start that later. Is he recommending oh, he that the season go to like July or something? Yeah, yeah, well, just start he, it. Yeah. Started in April, and he said finish it because he said everybody always says, "Well, in July and August is boring. We don't have any sports." He said that that would give you some sports. And Augie Garrido, when he was alive, 
and he was a Southern and West Coast coach in warm weather. Now, he did coach a couple years at Illinois. He was a proponent of that. But, you know, like I said, the physical year starts July 1st. They could very easily shift that to, like, August 15th, that all championships now will have to be done by August 15th or something like that or because you have games at the end of August for football that actually start for the next year. But they get their argument is, well, uh, fall sports practices start before, but you're not playing any. But my argument would be you're not playing any games. You can have your practices start before sure. the next fiscal year. And, and baseball and, players are not playing those sports anyway. Yeah, but, and they, and they're, now, some of them with the MLB, I don't think would like that because they have the draft and they get right. those players coming in. But if they had it where the World Series wrapped up like early August, make it like the mid, like August 15th, something like that. That way you, you have all the time for the new flagships of radio stations to get, cha- you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Well, and, and he, like he said, he said, I'm just putting some thought into something because he said, we show up at games in a lot of cases in February and early March, and he said, there's hardly anybody there. Yeah. So even when they go to the Southern tournaments, he said, there's hardly anybody there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, the big story this week in college sports, I guess, uh, was not so much actually because it was sort of a non-story because it wasn't really resulting in charges, but I guess sort of the reaction after with well, what's been going on with Alabama and this whole story with Darius Miles and and uh, sh- and uh, the uh, Brandon Miller, Miller. Uh, with Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Miller. Miller. So Ray Lewis Jr. Talk about that. <laughs> yeah, Ray Lewis Jr. As I'm calling, but no. Okay, you remember a while back ago, Darius Miles. Remember the whole story about he was uh, he was involved and his gun was used to shoot a girl, Jamea Harris, 23 year old uh, college student there at Alabama, and. Of course, he was an accessory. He was injured and kicked off the team right away. But it came out, Brandon Miller, I guess there was a text that came out that he had sent to Brandon Miller, can you please bring me my gun? Now, the whole thing on this story, Brandon Miller, who's 20, that night they had a game against LSU that Saturday, that day. So Brandon Miller didn't want to go in there to that sports bar that they were going. Plus, I don't know if he could because he's only 20. Right. So he dropped them off. He dropped them off. And then he left, but then he was on his, he went and ate somewhere else. He came, he was on his way back to get them. I guess that's when Miles, uh, sent, you know, sent the text because Miles had put the gun, uh, and the text said something like, the heat's under the hat or something like that. And then, so somebody reached in the car, the actual shooter reached in the car, and then I guess there was, you know, Miller was coming back to pick him up, and so the DA said there's not enough evidence on Miller. He claims he didn't see the text. He was driving. He didn't know the gun was in the car. So he had all that, but there's some that are saying, okay, what's going to happen? And, you know, they're arguing, okay, shit, did he, what did he really know? He's claiming he didn't. You know, it's a he said, he said type deal. Is he real? But under Alabama law, he's not you know, he can't be charged and criminally. Now, he could be civilly sued if they can prove that he uh, knew about the charge, you know, knew about the gun being in there. But he had dropped them off, and seconds later, the shot started. And they're claiming their lawyer, Miles and the other person's lawyer, they're claiming self-defense because this girl, there was an argument going, and he said, you know, but he was trying to get him, Miller was trying to get him out of there with the argument. But then, Tuesday night, of course, at the Alabama-South Carolina game, the South Carolina fans started chanting, lock him up, lock him up. 
Now, Miller, who probably should take the high road, but he's, and I'm not a, you know, 20-year-old excuse or not, Saturday, to add kind of, and this is 20-year-old, he tended to, apparently he had a player do a pat-down on him and he held his hands up at, in Tuscaloosa at the Alabama game. Not a good no. move, whether you were, which, you know, kind of makes some people think, okay, what did he really know? What is he, is he mocking this? So... You know, we'll never know what he really knew, but that's where they come up with the whole Ray I, Lewis Jr. thing for I, him. I, I and he's probably going to be a. I, I top think five Sean. Hit. Yeah, I think the the what's kept him out of trouble so far is, according to Nate Oates, the Alabama basketball coach, he has been cooperative with authorities every yes. time they've asked he him has. for interviews. He does, but Nate Oates said he did not. He said he normally doesn't pay attention to introductions and he didn't see the pat down. He said, I will assure you that will never happen again here. Yeah. And, and of course, Alabama is, and we'll get to that. They are number two and he's scoring oh, yeah. 40 yeah. points a game and he's going to be a top five pick, like I said, but yeah, so, <laughs> but that's basically the Brandon Miller story. All right. So old misfired, uh, Kermit Davis, their, uh, their basketball coach. And when they fired him, uh, they're, they're supposedly interested in getting Chris Beard, the former Texas coach, who, of course, had those charges yeah. dropped against him. Old Miss, when he was fired. And then I heard yesterday, yeah, and then I heard yesterday, Chris, they might be interested. I don't know about this one, yeah. but they might be interested <laughs> in Rick Patino. Yes. Okay. I don't know about that one. Oh, oh, no. 10 and 18. When he was fired, he was 10 and 18 and oh. 13th in the conference. So there you go. They brought Lane Kiffin in. And now, the, now <laughs> they're 11 and 18. There you go. All right. The change has done some good. Gonzaga has now won uh, won 25 wins in a row or 25 or more for 16 seasons in a row and an NCAA record and tied with Kansas before that. And Kansas did 15 from 04, 05 through 18, 19. And you know what? They may have lost out because of the COVID because I was thinking about that. They, you know, no, no, that eight, 19, well, 19, 20. no, no, nineteen twenty. they did not lose games that they were already, that, that was conference tournaments and everything. That was conference tournament time. So this is regular season. Uh, but no, now no, you well, have, I think 20 oh. in a year. I thought they're talking about this. Fire 25 in a year. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So I'm saying, I don't know if Kansas lost out on that, but the record for the most 20 wins in a row is Kansas from 89, 90. And so, uh, you know, they on. So, uh, you know, that was the most years, uh, up through 18, 19 for a 20 win season. Mm-hmm. So they did get that. That's why I think they might've lost out on the 25. So then we do have the top 25 for you. And number one is Houston. Apparently Mattress Mac has put in another bet. I don't know what exactly yeah. is that or how that's works, but you know, obviously it's Houston. So why wouldn't, wouldn't he? Right. Number two, Alabama, as uh, Sean said, yeah. Number three, Kansas. Number four, UCLA. Five is Purdue. No matter what, they keep losing. They've lost a couple here, and they're still number five. Number six, Marquette. Seven, Baylor. Eight, Arizona. Nine, Texas. Texas has been right in that seven to ten group for quite a while there. Number ten, Gonzaga. Eleven, Kansas State. Twelve, Tennessee. Thirteen, Virginia. Fourteen, Indiana. Fifteen is UConn. Sixteen, Miami. 17, St. Mary's, 18, San Diego State, 19, Xavier, 20, uh, Providence. They're going to play each other tomorrow night for a second place in the Big East. 21, Maryland, the new newcomer. 22, TCU. 
23, Kentucky, another newcomer. They're usually in there, and they finally have gotten there. 24 is Texas A&M, and number five, another newcomer, Pitt, and they've been playing well right along. And Sean did all this work, and he put together the conferences. So he says the Big 12 has five teams in, Big East has four, SEC with four, uh, Big 10 three, ACC with three, uh, West Coast has two, uh, let's see, uh, Pac-12 has two, America has one, that's Houston, of course, the number one team, and Mountain West has one. So there you go. That's your uh, top 25. So, uh, you know, these uh, very often they win one, lose one, so they kind of stay around. But finally good to see Pitt get in there, Maryland and Kentucky. They've been working their way up, and they finally got in. So that's all the college I had, but you had a note. There, uh, was, <laughs> there, was, a big, there was a big weekend at uh, the University yeah. of Iowa this weekend, by the way. And, uh, on okay. Saturday – they were losing by about 10 points to Michigan State with about a minute to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I turned the game off. I thought, sure, it was over. Yeah. I thought, surely it was over. But they hit a three-pointer to send it to overtime, and then they won it um, by, like, six points in overtime. And if that weren't enough, the baseball team beat number one LSU 12-4 to on the same day. And then hmm. the next day, the women played Indiana. And, uh, I mean, they, Iowa committed a foul with one and a half seconds to go. It was tied at 83. The girl for Indiana goes up, hits her two free throws. If, if I were the Indiana coach, the only thing I would have said during the timeout, there is one player for the University of Iowa, do not, do not leave Caitlin Clark alone. Well, they apparently didn't get that message across. They mm-hmm. left her alone, and she popped in a three from the corner to win the game. Uh-huh. So, a lot I mean, of people were waiting a lot of people were waiting on that Iowa-Michigan State game to get over down here in Austin and Waco because that was the game on the ESPN right after, and they had to put it over on ESPN News. But, yeah, they're going, hurry up, get that over. <laughs> you know? It was yeah. a good – I'm glad they put – I'm glad Iowa – they do now archive on the Varsity Network app if you have that, but they also put their stuff on YouTube. So I'm glad they do because I need to go back and listen to the end of that game that I missed. <laughs> okay, so Sean, you had uh, to lead us from college to pro. You had something that Deion, Deion Sanders was speaking again. Well, well, and you know what? And Deion said this, and a lot of people have suspected this, that this goes on, but I don't know if he needed to actually come right out and say it. Deion Sanders was on the Rich Eisen show, I guess. Uh, I don't know if it was on his NFL Network show or the podcast that he does, but they were talking to Dion, and Dion came out and said, okay, quarterbacks, you guys, I look for them, and he was asked about recruiting. He goes, I look for quarterbacks, uh, two-parent family, Dean's List, 3.5 GPA, maybe a 3.3 at the lowest. I look for them to go in that range, you know, find leaders in the community. My defensive lineman, I want single-parent family. I want uh, the free lunch. I want maybe you've been involved in some uh, some stuff, some shenanigans. I want that because you've got to be hungry to be one of my defensive linemen. And, of course, then it came up where the radio station where I heard this clip on came up. They started talking about J.J. Watt and the Acho brothers, Samuel Emanuel Acho, who played at Texas, and Richard Sherman, all very eloquent you know, Dean's list type players on defense, you know. And so Emmanuel Acho, I think he's the one that works for ESPN. One of them is ESPN, one of them is Fox. And Emmanuel does a podcast called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And I guess on his podcast, he said, well, Deion Sanders, he addressed Deion Sanders. And he said, yeah, this is kind of interesting. He goes, because 
I won't name the team, but he goes, there was a, a GM at a Southern NFL team when I went to the combine. And by the way, the combine is coming up this week. He said, started today. He asked me, yeah, started today. Well, actual workouts start on Thursday, but the, but they start you know, all the other stuff today, the interviews. And he said, I was going through the interview and he goes, this GM asked me, he goes, are you, uh, he goes, well, what's your family like? And he goes, well, a uh, two parent family. He goes, my father has a PhD or my mother is this, he goes, I hope to be a great leader working in the community and make a difference. And the GM says, have you ever been shot at? And Acho is a defensive lineman, by the way. And Acho says, no, I've never been shot at. And he goes, well, I don't know if you're what we're looking for as a defensive lineman, but you'll be a great leader someday. So it's kind of like he said, I can confirm. He goes, that he said that GM is no longer working with that Southern NFL team. So we can probably go back and look when he came in the league and who's no longer working now. Because he came in about, oh, 12 years ago, I think, 11 years, somewhere around there. But probably go do some research. But he kind of – he. It's something that, and by the way, Dion did not put race into it, but you know, somebody probably, well, Dion said white or black. So, and Acho was kind of like, well, it happens. So kind of an interesting Dion story that maybe didn't need to be said, but we've all suspected. Yeah. So. So the NFL, Bobby Wagner is leaving the Rams for salary cap reasons. Of course, we know that the Rams are, you know, have been in salary cap jail for a couple of years and it's getting worse for them. So, uh, he's going to be out there for a free agent. It turns out there's a rumor afoot that Russell Wilson tried to get uh, Pete Carroll fired and yeah. John Schneider, the, the GM of, of the uh, of the Seahawks. And Wilson says it's not true, but uh, you know we can suspect, and I think kind of people do. And you're he not going to. And even if you did it, you're not going to say you did it. That's right. right. And and he has his own. This is so much that they've already confirmed that in Denver. He's a, he doesn't hang out in the dressing room. He has his own office to stay with. Well, that's so going that might... to stop now. That's going to come to an end, yeah. yep. Uh, also uh, in the report, it said that he wanted, when when he got Pete Carroll fired, he wanted Sean Payton brought in. Well, that's Sean also Payton's been in the report. <laughs> yeah, but I mean in, in Seattle, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, so who knows. Um, Vance Joseph was hired by uh, Sean Payton as the de- defensive coordinator. Uh, he coached in Denver and uh, back in like uh, the 18, 17, 18. He was 11 and 21 in his two years there, but he's coming back as the defensive coordinator. Uh, and Daniel Snyder uh, doesn't want to sell the uh, commanders to Jeff Bezos of Amazon because he owns the Washington Post, and that's where all his trouble started with the uh, investigative reporters coming around to find the scandals there. So, uh, you know, whether the NFL will do anything about that or, uh, you know, well, kind of tr- try to control the sale or whether he'll get a, be able to dictate that is uh, not clear. And the latest that came down on that one, like I said, uh, it also came out that uh, Je- uh, Daniel Snyder, well, also now Bezos is thinking, well, maybe I'll go buy the Seahawks. But Daniel Snyder, apparently one of the other things, he wants indemnification from the NFL if he sells a team, which basically means that they cannot come back and sue him or punish him for anything after he sells a team. He's trying to get that in there before he sells. Also, three minority owners of the commanders, they are one, they're saying that he has committed bank fraud and w- against the team and the league withholding th- things. And also it was reported, apparently he has a commander's logo on his private plane, not the team plane, but his private plane that he charged the team four and a half billion, four and a half million to pay for. So apparently he didn't, uh, 
Yeah, he wanted he got the team to pay for something on his private plane, and but some of this other bank fraud that the minority owners are talking about could be could be jail time. So oh, yeah, what a, and what a piece of work. I'm not saying. Hold on, hold on, Robert, hold on. <laughs> I'm not saying they're. I'm not saying they're wrong. However, why did it take until now for them to come out with it? Well, Washington Post found this, and yeah, I don't know why the minority owners. I mean, the spoke minority owners should know stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, they should know. They yeah, should know. And also, they left his wife in charge, and he got away with uh, putting that uh, uh, logo on the plane. She obviously uh, didn't put up too much of a squawk, did she? Yeah. And Til- no. Tillman for Tillman for Tita, owner of the Rockets and owner of Landry's restaurants and all the casinos. He is also wanting. They reportedly Bezos was going to pay six and a half. Offered six. Offered six billion, and Pertita has put down a bit of five billion. So yeah. Okay, and, and meanwhile, Carson. In, in among all that, Carson Wentz was cut by the commanders. Yes. So and Marcus <laughs> Mar and Marcus Mariota was cut today. By the okay. he was. I'm and also right. Joey, uh, what's his name? Uh, Galway there from the Giants was cut. I heard Galladay, Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay, yeah, 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 and and also uh, Robert Robert Woods from Tennessee got cut. Yep. Oh, and oh. it looks like yeah, and it looks like when the when the league year starts on March fifteenth, it looks like uh, the Bucks are going to cut Leonard Fournette. Yep. Okay. And All the right. Rams are getting closer to trading uh, Jalen Ramsey because he's going to be the next casualty that leaves L.A. Yeah. It looks like. And also the uh, the Bears are still talking to people about the number one pick. Right. That, that got more prominent this week. And, uh, you know, people are just thinking now that the Packers may just, even if they take a huge salary cap hit, just say forget it with Rodgers and just, you know, they, they, they kind of are indicating they like uh, love and they just might just go with them and, you know, go into, yeah, the, uh, yeah. you know, into rebuild mode or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're done with Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's going to hurt them for a couple of years, Chris. Green Bay will not be competitive because of the large hits that they'll only up. Right, but they, what they're figuring, Robert, what, what's the point of winning nine games and getting knocked out in the first round or not making the playoffs or whatever, you know? Right. That's what they look at it now. So, uh, you know, so that's that's kind of the way it is. And the, so, Jets, uh, and, and the Jets and the Browns are going to be your Hall of Fame game next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The John Meredith Monday night game, old, yes. uh, old, uh, inter, you know, the uh, interconference game we used to get. But anyway, so yeah, that's right. The first Monday night game. Yep. Okay. Let us uh, go and let us call on Pam now. Pam, what's up with you? The Chiefs are not playing today, or they're not even. Sure they're not even in the, the news Royals today. Today. No, <laughs> you have not. the. You're going to give me the Royals report now? No, no, <laughs> oh, dog no. Calls. You were you were asking about you were talking about football. What yep. do you think, and who do you think the Chiefs are going to go after for a backup to Mahomes? Since that's a good, that's a very retired. good question. That's a very uh, good question. By the way, by the way, by the way, though, Pam, just because we were talking football, you can uh-huh. talk whatever you like. If you wanted to talk yeah. about the Royals, you're welcome to do that. <laughs> no, okay. as far as a backup, a lot of people around. For example, um, Matt Ryan will probably be cut by the by the uh, Colts. And he'd yep. be a veteran. You could trust him in any situation. He's been through a lot, been to a Super Bowl. So that kind of guy would be probably who you'd want to bring in. Uh, and then you might also draft in the later rounds a, a project, a quarterback to work on. That's right. kind of the way the Patriots would do it. They'd bring in kind of a veteran to have around who could play uh, in a moment's notice if, if something happened and then have a, have a rookie. And they're in the, the, the Brady, uh, they're, they're in that position. They're in a position where you know the guy's going to play all the time, but you just uh, so you don't necessarily want a young backup. You, you just kind of want to have somebody that can fill in 
and that he'd and, be somebody and, like and, that. Andy Reid, he's a good coach. He'll make a proper decision as far as that goes. Right. So. Yeah. And, 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 and by the, and by the way, just in, go, ahead, go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say, you, you got to wait for the quarterback dominoes to fall and see yeah. who goes where. Yeah. And then you, there's, there'll be people out there like Sam Donald and Baker Mayfield. Who knows? You know? yeah. That's right. And, and by the way, by the way, I was having fun with Pam, but th- that is very serious. If you guys come in, we may be talking something, but if you want to talk about something, you can bring up whatever you want. So it don't yeah. just because we're don't think. You can't do. It. I, yes, I was having fun with Pam, with you know, but that's just what we do here. But if the, if you want to talk about something different, bring up something different. Yeah. Okay. okay. Any more NFL? No. All right. So the NBA. All right. So we haven't done these for a while. We'll do the standings here and and uh, get through these pretty quickly. And uh, especially in the West, it's crazy. And maybe Robert has some comments on it when we get done. In the East, Milwaukee is now in first with forty three and seventeen. Celtics 44 and 18, so the Celtics uh, by percentage points fell behind. Philadelphia 39 and 21, Cleveland 39 and 25, the Knicks are 36 and 27, and Brooklyn 34 and 26. So that's your top six, your seeds. Then you get your play-in teams right now. It'll be Miami at 33-29, Atlanta 31-30, Toronto 30-32, Washington 28 and 32. Then the ones just outside looking in, Chicago just a half a game out of 28 and 33, Indiana 27-35, Orlando 26 and 36. Charlotte and Detroit are not factors anymore. And uh, uh, what was it? Uh, was it Alonzo Ball broke his ankle? He's out for the rest of the year anyway for Charlotte. And yep. uh, so in the West. Ball. Lamelo, Lamelo. Okay, Alonzo is on the Bulls, and Lamelo on yeah. on uh, the Hornet. So they're the now West, both. Have, so they're now they're both out for the season. No ball. No playing. Of no more no balls, balls for the ball. No, 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 no balls this year. The rest of the year. No. Denver in first at forty three and uh, nineteen. Memphis thirty six twenty three. So they've got a good cushion there. Sacramento thirty five twenty five. Phoenix thirty three twenty nine. Lake, uh, the Clippers, 33-30, Dallas, 32-30. and 30. That's your six with the seeds. But starting with uh, fourth place Phoenix, going down, there's only four games separating, four through 13. So then for seven, we have the Warriors at 31-30, and 30, Utah, 31-31, and 31, Minnesota, 31-32, and 32, New Orleans, 30-32. and 32. And then we get to just outside the, play, the play-ins would be um, – uh, Portland at 29-31, the Lakers, who had just moved up to 12th at 29-32, and 32, Oklahoma City 28-32, and 32, and San Antonio and Houston are out of it. Now, the thing is, the LeBron James has hurt his, his right foot, and he will be out for some weeks. We don't know how long. Minimum of three. Minimum of three. Okay. Yep. What, what's up with Steph Curry, uh, Robert? Um, he, um, he's progressing um, slowly. They think that he might be able to start playing again next week, but uh, the Warriors are being quite cautious with him because uh, he's had two injuries this year, and yep. he is an older player, whether Warriors fans want to admit it or not, and so they're just being careful. Uh, he's suppo- he might be able to be back next week, but okay. I, I really don't think this Warriors team is going to be much of a threat in the playoffs. Not with the way their year has gone this year. So, and Kevin Durant will be appearing in the next Suns game. They they yes. said that I heard that yes. on Sirius XM yes. today. So that's good. Oh, yep. So then we had uh, Atlanta fired uh, Nate McMillan, uh, their coach, uh, and they were uh, eighth in the East at the time. And uh, in three years, he was uh, uh, ninety nine and eighty. So not a bad record. 
And they were able to uh, hire Quinn Snyder, though, the former Utah coach, who people kind of, he, he's had a very good record with uh, with Utah, too. So, you know, not, they yeah. got a good yeah. the top coach available at that point. Should have never been fired by Utah, but Danny Ainge yeah, wanted his own right. people. That, yeah, yep. that's right. Oh, that happens when people come in. And uh, let's see. So, I, actually, uh, okay. Then we, so, he had a crazy game on Friday night. We had Sacramento beat the Clippers 176 to 174. And one, 135, no, one, I'm sorry, 351, yes, well, 351 points were scored, and that was the highest ever, uh, was, was, that was the second highest. Detroit and Denver had a game of 186 to 184 in triple overtime. That one on Friday night was double overtime. So 186, 184 in triple overtime for Detroit over Denver in 12, 13, 83. And in the, in the regular season, because I asked David USF to find out, so the highest for a regular season was Golden State and Denver, 162 to 158. So 320 in yeah, uh, 1102 That was a Don Nelson Doug Moe matchup. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that was that was pretty amazing. And uh, so Doug Moe had two of the top three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, and uh, Damian Lillard scored 71 points against Houston on Sunday night. And so that's one of the uh, few 70-point uh, – well, how many uh, – have there been, Sean, like seven of them, 70 or more? Uh, yeah. He's the eighth. He's the eighth, he's he's the eighth the player. Eighth, eighth player or eighth performance because Will Chamberlain did it a few times. So yeah. is it a well, he's the eighth player. Okay. He's the eighth yeah. player. Because Will did it a few times. Not, not a lot, but a few. I, I, heard two people an, I heard two people answer when he said Sean. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so also uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, did that earlier this year, Chris. Okay. Yeah. And, and he has Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. I'll tell you. I think very underrated as a player yeah. does not get the respect. I. I mean, I, if he were somebody besides Portland, I. I think the small market is affecting him. But you know, it's kind of you know, and he and he's doing. He wants to stay with Portland, but right. you know, underrated. No, that's for now. You know, what he may do down the road as he gets older, he may say to Portland, hey, could you send me to Team X like Ray Bork and say, you know, I'd like to be on a – have a chance, chance at a championship. You know, it could be that kind of thing. Who knows? And uh, and then uh, – so I think uh, – let's see. I'm trying to – We got, we got one oh. more – I got one more uh, NBA thing. Apparently it's coming out now that yeah. – discussing new overtime rules to where they may at the start of overtime they're going to have a target score to prevent the games from going into multiple overtimes yeah, well, I've, I've heard that. There's that. That's now, what they, they do in the All-Star average, game, right? Yeah. So yes. what you would do, so yep. let's say you had a 110, and I don't know how you arrive at the target score, you know, 122, 124, whatever, the first team that would get there would, would win. But the thing is, the overtimes, and overtime usually takes 13 minutes. I was hearing about this today. And they're just trying to shorten the games, but I don't know that people really mind overtime that much. What people mind is, like, we had one in the Celtics game last night about a five-minute delay while they were figuring something out and you know they need to work on their delays uh, and, well and i would i would say as much load management as we have why are we worried about you know shortening the games and all 
Yeah, no, the, yeah, that's right. And Jim Jim Haslam and his group is going to buy twenty five percent of the bucks, but we figure that just only twenty five percent of the bucks he can't ruin them like he did the Browns, so it should be all right. No. I was I was envisioning when I didn't know that maybe he would trade Giannis uh, to get LeBron in to Cleveland, you know, uh, to be with the Bucks at the end with his son, you know, something like that, something really stupid, but he won't have a chance. Okay, and uh, the NHL uh, we have. Uh, we had a trade for the Bruins. Uh, Dmitry Orloff and Garnett Hathaway traded from Washington to the Bruins for uh, Craig Smith and a bunch of draft choices, one of which is going to Minnesota because, again, they're the salary cap picker-uppers this year. They're picking up salary for people, so that, that was uh, done. Uh, and, you know, for either uh, Orloff or Hathaway. Uh, Linus Olmark scored a goal the other night, his 13th goal by a goalie in NHL history, and that was pretty cool. And it was actually kind of a dangerous play because it was only 2-1 to one when he did it, and he had to get the puck between a couple of guys. So that could have – and he was out of the net to do it. So that could have been uh, – could have come back to, to haunt them. There's fewer of those – and, of course, there's a lot fewer hockey games too. But uh, there's fewer of those than there have been perfect games in baseball. So it's something that doesn't happen very often. And Connor McDavid of Edmonton reached the 800 points in 545 games. I don't know. He uh, David uh, USF did not say if that was a record. Uh, Robert, do you know if it is for that quick uh, 800? He's uh, he's the uh, youngest and the fastest to get to that plateau at, the, at, the, okay. at this age of his career. Okay. So, yeah. so there you go. And uh, there's been some other trades. It seems like, though, just rather than go through all the trades, because there'll be some trades again uh, the rest of this week, and we can uh, mention them if they're major players or stuff. But it looks like, Robert, and, and I don't know what you feel as a Western fan, everybody in the, you know, the Bruins just did something. And, and these are all teams that are definitely making the playoffs. The Bruins, Toronto, uh, the Rangers, the, the Devils, uh, they're all shoring themselves up. Tampa Bay did something. And yeah. it looks like the West is like, Content. What is going on? <laughs> um, well, the West have a lot more players from teams who are not going to make the playoffs who the East are interested in. Like, for example, the Devils just traded for the Sharks' Timo Meyer. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a Sharks fan. I hate to see him go. He's, he's our top goal scorer this year, 31 goals. Uh, the only reason why they traded him is because under restricted free agency next year his salary is guaranteed for 10 million and we don't know how much the cap is going to go up so the ownership has to make decisions uh you know uh, before trading deadline before they know what the new cap is going to be so the devils got themselves one hell of a player that's all but, but you've about. got a tightly contested pacific division where you've got a bunch of teams in there doesn't somebody want to just make a statement and say, I'm going to win this division and I'm going to, you know, host the first two rounds and I'm going to, you know, well, like, you know, there are going to be playoffs in the West and, you know, well, you, think you, you, you know, you might, you might see that this week. Last week yeah. was, last week was, uh, well, let's dump whoever we can dump to the East. And uh, Patrick Kane is suspected before Friday to be a Ranger. So oh, he, right. he was, he was traded today. Oh, he, he was, was traded, traded to the yeah. He was traded to the Rangers today for a second, well, a fourth pick, fourth round pick this year, a conditional second round pick this year. If the Rangers make it to the conference final, that second round pick becomes a first round pick in either twenty four or twenty five. And uh, any other players involved, Rick? 
No, from what I heard, just a draft. Yeah. And it, it, oh. it, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a big haul, but, but I think, um, you know, I think Chicago was kind of limited. Kane wanted to go like to the Rangers right. or nowhere else. Yeah. Boy, their, their fan, their fans, the Blackhawk fans are not pleased. Oh, it's been terrible. Yeah. This year. It's been terrible. You know, I mean, to see, to see Chicago and Montreal where they are in the standings is unbelievable yeah. you, you know, as a traditional hockey fan, you know. Well, you, that, that, you know, I will say about Montreal and the Sharks are going to play them tonight. I think Martin St. Louis is going to make a fine coach. He's dealing with a young team there. He doesn't have a whole lot of veterans to deal with. And uh, even though the Canadians record is bad, whenever you play against them, uh, from what I'm hearing from you know other other teams and listening to other things, apparently they're very difficult to play against. E- even though they're not doing very well in the standings, they're playing very well for him. So Montreal may not be down as long as people think. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, it it it, it makes the league more fun when Montreal is good. You know, yeah, yeah. And, uh, very very good, Robert and Chris. We do need to uh, let Sean wrap, wrap it, it up, up so that Bill can reset for book talk. Okay. All right, folks. Well, folks, of course, those of you coming in for Book Talk or anybody else, you can download this podcast at uh, legendoldies.com, uh, Sports Sounds Live in your podcatcher, or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. And remember, the rest of you, you can come back next week. Uh, we'll have all kinds of stuff. Stay tuned for Book Talk. And remember, when you come into Book Talk, you'll be muted. Uh, download the Zoom app, same code, and it will be an award-winning show. So we will see you next week.